Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Joelle. And I'm Kaylee. Today, we are joined by Jamar Holloway, a visionary eye care in Andersonville at 5222 North Clark. Visionary believes that balancing great eye care and great eyewear is not an act. It's their commitment to you. They've mastered the balance for over 25 years, bringing you expertise and style simultaneously. The team of doctors bring an incredible depth of knowledge to your care in order to bring you the best patient experience. Visionary won't let you walk out looking anything short of your best, and they want their commitment to your care to shine through. You'll see. Welcome, Jamar. How are you today? I'm very well. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you so much for joining us, especially on your virtual office day. Can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your background? Sure. Uh, My name is Jamar Holloway. I am originally from Detroit, Michigan, and I moved to Chicago in the mid-90s, around 95, 96. Um, My background is in literature and English, uh, but while in college, I came across an opportunity to work for an eye care practice as a part-time job in college, and I fell in love with the optical industry. So that kind of led me on a journey to Chicago where I've been ever since. What made you become interested in eye care as you were working part-time at that job? You know, it's interesting. I initially thought that I would move in the direction of of academia, uh, of research science, uh, specifically pharmacology and biological sciences. And uh, like I said, I needed a part-time job while in college. And I came across this optical. A friend of mine worked at this this private practice and they needed someone and asked, he asked if I would be interested in checking it out. And I did and met with the owners, met with the management. And I was talking to my mom and she's like, well, you know, I'm not surprised that you would be even considering a job like this. And I, and I, I said, well, well, why? why? Why would you think that I would consider a job like this? And the main reason is because for the early part of my life, I grew up in a multi-generational home. My grandparents, when they retired, they moved in with my family and my grandmother was blind and she, she was blind all of my life. She lost her vision in her thirties. And so as a child, I spent a, a lot of time, intimate time with my grandmother one-on-one. My mother used to say that I was my grandmother's eyes. So I had this, I think I didn't realize this about myself but I had this innate ability to work with people that were visually impaired. I think I was very empathic because of it. So once I started this part-time job, it was like coming home. It was like, oh, what was I doing before this? This is what I was probably meant to do. So um, it was interesting. I kind of stumbled into it, but it was a happy accident because it just kind of seemed to fit my background and my history uh, very well. So I'm very happy that I landed in the industry. And I know you said you're from Detroit. So when did you come over to Chicago for that part-time job or when did the move over from Detroit happen? So the the move happened after college. I was uh, trying to figure out what to do. I was still working at this company. I transitioned to full-time and, you know, just how we all do when we're trying to figure out our young lives. 
And I, you know, figured, well, maybe I'll go to Chicago and keep doing what I'm doing. Maybe I'll stay in Ann Arbor. Um, maybe I'll go to graduate school. You know, I just wasn't quite sure. And I said, well, let me just see what opportunities are out there in the industry that I'm working. And, and it was a completely different world. You know, I had a lot more opportunity, a lot of ability to learn and grow. Um, and so I said, yeah, I'm moving to Chicago and I'm just gonna stick with the industry and see how far it takes me. How far into your time here in Chicago did you learn of Visionary Eye Care and when did you start working with them, particularly here in the Andersonville neighborhood? So uh, about a year or so after I moved to Chicago, I had an opportunity to work for a private practice in the loop. Uh, it's called Eyelines. It's still in existence today. Hi, Eyelines and my Eyelines friends. Um, but at that practice, I met Dr. Michael Sizik, who was an optometrist uh, at that office part-time, and he had just opened Visionary. So Visionary opened about the same time that I moved to Chicago, and in about a year after uh, it had been opened, I met Dr. Michael Sizik at another practice where he was working part-time. Uh, we worked together for quite a while, for a year or so at that practice, and during that time, within that first year, as he had just opened Visionary, it was a new practice in Andersonville, which at that time, 25 years ago, was a very different Andersonville. He needed an optician to kind of help out part-time with doing some lab work, to doing some things to help get the practice up and running. He had a full-time job, uh, you know, working uh, at, at Eyelines. I was full-time, I was employed full-time with, with Eyelines as well. So I took, you know, kind of my spare time, part-time to kind of help him get the business up and running. Uh, to a point where he could then transition from working part-time there to running the business fully. And after about a year of us doing, working in that capacity, I decided to move uh, from iLines to join Visionary to help grow the practice. And how would you say a small business like Visionary with only two locations stands out among larger corporations? And what made you want to do the switch? You know, it's it's interesting because the, the industry, as most people are aware of, you can kind of throw a stone and hit an optical shop. There's corporate optical throughout the world and throughout the country. There's, you know, large chains that a lot of people uh, usually go to. But my background was working for private practice. And when I first moved to Chicago, I took a job that was in one of those large corporate entities with those big uh, box stores. And I quickly realized that the practice of opticianry is very different from private practice versus corporate. So I decided, I said, well, I know that I want to work in private practice. The reason being is that you have a lot more opportunity to, in a small practice, to, to kind of create the niche that you want to work in and to service the people and the clientele that, uh, that want your service. So when you're working in a kind of a large big box place, you, you, you don't really have that ability. And I knew that I wanted to be influential in the development of the organization, uh, which is why I focus primarily on private practice. And, and I'm glad I did, yeah. And jumping to the Andersonville location here, uh, it sounds like you've been, you've really, of course, been ingrained in this business from, from the very start. What can you tell us about how the Andersonville location has changed over the years? Um, let's start there. How oh, has it changed over the years? Yeah, that's a big <laughs> one. Uh, I remember when we first were opening and getting going, when the practice was in its infancy, the community looked very different, 
right? There were some businesses that are still there that were longstanding businesses, but at the time the community was still suffering through some uh, divestment, I believe. And um, it, was, it was pretty challenged in Andersonville. You didn't have you know, the plethora of restaurants and shops and services that exists now. So in the beginning, there was a challenge for people to kind of understand the type of practice and services and product that we offered. It was a little difficult for people to understand the value of what we were offering to the community. Uh, and it took some time uh, for people to kind of get that philosophy of business that we work in. And that is that we're an independent privately owned company and for us, it's very important that we partner with eyewear manufacturers, lens companies, uh, different companies within the industry that cater and focus to independent eyewear practitioners. Uh, that is not the case when you work in and for large companies, big box stores. So um, in the beginning, it was difficult because some of those things can be, some of those collections and products can be of a little bit higher cost than what you find in those big box stores. But over time, I think we were able to educate our, our, our patients and clients to see the value of what we were offering. Um, and that was a challenge because initially it was very difficult and different in the community. Um, we've also always wanted to support the community by being very charitable and helping organizations to support community growth. Um, but in the beginning, it was a tough way to go. Uh, but once people, kind of would come in and we had some people that would leave and try other offices or big box stores. And then they would always say, well, there's not the service, there's not the product, there's not the things that you offer that we didn't realize was a value. So uh, it, was, it was very different than it is now. Well, it was very different than it is uh, now, but now I think being in business for quite a while, our, our patient base and customer base, they appreciate the value that we attempt to bring to the market. Absolutely. And I think it's probably speaks volumes too in just the last year, having such a strong, loyal customer base and a local foundation. Can you just walk us through a little bit about the changes Visionary has made as a business because of COVID and sort of what you've seen over the last year in terms of shifting patient dynamics and comfort levels? Yeah, you know, that's, you know, COVID has been difficult for everyone. You know, um, our industry is considered essential, uh, but we found we've felt that we had a responsibility to our patients uh, and the, to the community to close the office initially when, uh, when things first were revealed how contagious COVID was. And we took about three months, our leadership team uh, took about three months, which we didn't have to close technically, uh, but we felt it was the responsible thing to do. And so that we could develop protocols uh, so that we, felt when we reopened that we would keep our customers and our employees safe. Uh, so in that process, we noticed that, you know, different people throughout our industry, they never closed. You know, there were people that would still, were still trying to run their business as usual. And I just didn't think that was the responsible thing to do. And so once we developed these protocols, we made sure that we set things in place uh, for interactions. We did some, a lot of telehealth during that time. Uh, we wrote these protocols for reopening, and in that protocol, it was, you know, temperature checks. Uh, we did phone interviews for COVID exposure ahead of time before people came to the office. We transitioned uh, all services to by appointment only, which was key, I think. And uh, as it turns out, 
it was actually very beneficial because we had so much testimony, so many testimonials from our patients that said that they were very happy and they felt very safe and they were very thankful that we were going above and beyond to make sure that we were keeping them safe. We had to change how we saw patients and how we were doing examinations and walk-ins and things to that of that nature so that we would so we that we could limit the number of people in the medical wing and in the eye in the eyeglass shop. So uh, it worked out. It, uh, I think it was very healthy. It was very great for us. Fortunately, uh, we were able to, you know, reopen in this manner and people supported us, you know, people that still needed to come in. And once they found out what our protocols were, they were very thankful and very happy. And our, our staff felt very protected. Uh, so we, it was a challenge to reopen and it was a challenge to kind of figure out how to operate during COVID. But it actually made uh, us think about how we handle business fundamentally during this time and moving forward. We know that things may continue to be disrupted for some time, you know? So we've had to really think about what is the best way for us to continue to maintain the practice, to maintain the safety of our patients and our, and our team. And uh, it's made us kind of do a, a major shift in our day-to-day, -day, you know, uh, we initially worked in, in cohorts so that your group only worked with that group just in case there was exposure, we would quarantine that entire group. Um, you know, so it was a lot of process in place, but it, I think it's worked to our advantage and, and I think it's been helpful for our, for our patients and customers. That's amazing how much thought you put into it. And again, I'm sure the process was very long and tedious because if you want to make everybody happy, you want to make your patients feel safe, like you said. Along with this process of dealing with COVID and opening back up amidst the pandemic, you also just updated your space recently. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about the changes you made or what it might look like? Yeah. So, you know, maybe three years ago, I think we went through a major renovation. We acquired the space that was adjacent to our office and we did a major expansion. We doubled in size, uh, but we kind of held off on doing some of the finishes, like our final paint color, some lighting choices, uh, some furniture fixtures and things. And, you know, two or three years passed without us finishing that. So we said, well, now it's, it's COVID. We're going to be shut down. Uh, there were some problems with some water damage in the building after our renovation. We said, we're going to take this time to do a refresh. So we've made, uh, we've incorporated our, our logo colors into the space. We've updated our lighting. Uh, you know, so we've, we've done those things uh, to kind of help spruce up uh, for 2021. And we're changing the facade. We're going to be updating our facade with new paint color and new signage in the next couple of months. So um, it's, it's, I, I'm very, very proud of the way it's turned out. I think it's a, a really inviting, welcoming space. Uh, and in that, that major renovation, we had the opportunity, like I said, to acquire the space next door, which gave us uh, the ability to separate our services out a little bit more. In our previous space, we had our retail and our, and our medical services kind of crammed into one tight space. We were able to move them uh, open a whole medical wing and then devote all of that in, in the original space to our retail, which uh, was something that was really needed. And just doing those final finishes uh, is what we've kind of capitalized on during COVID. And it, it's really lovely. I'm very happy about it. 
you also have some lovely and creative window designs. Um, oh. Who does those for you? Oh my goodness. So we are incredibly fortunate to have such amazing talent on our team. We have uh, a few people, Brian Eastep, uh, who is one of our opticians, who is amazing at visual merchandising. He's very artistic. He's uh, he's a drag performer that is astounding. He's very good visually. Like he has very, a very sharp eye. And our uh, general manager, Matt Cochran, he is a consummate professional. He is very good about budgets, timing, windows, messaging. So they've kind of collaborated over the past year or two to create uh, a series of windows for us that have, if I can't say, is oh, they are killer. And it's just amazing that we have that in-house Prior to that, we would outsource our window displays, and sometimes they were good, and sometimes they were just adequate. But with our in-house team that who has, they have passion for what they're doing. They have passion about the the business, and they're extremely creative. We try to give them the space to come up and develop uh, ideas that fit with our branding and our messaging for seasonally. And they're knocking it out of the park, you know? So all credit goes to Matt and Brian. They're, they're awesome. And if you see them in the neighborhood, tell them so, because <laughs> they're fantastic. Yeah, especially because, you know, when you think about an eye care place, especially you're not immediately thinking like of w- super designed windows. So for folks who haven't walked by, I can't, I mean, of course I'm sitting up here and your office is literally right down on the street. Do you still have the mask, the different masks build out up there no they just inst- they just did a new installation a okay. new window. they just put it up it's really great i think they have to put in a few more things they said they wanted to do finishings for it but um you know we originally had a tagline in our window how do you see yourself in 2020 and it was just so just bizarre because we couldn't see ourselves in 2020 <laughs> so you know we, they had these masks up which were it was a great window um, but they just, we decided, okay, we're t- 2021 spring, we're going to ch- not turn the page on COVID, but we're going to look to something uh, a little bit happier. So they put a very spring inspired, very happy, colorful window for the season. Uh, and I know that they've uh, made plans to do an installation for our 25th. Our anniversary is actually in June. So they're planning a new window uh, for our 25th anniversary in a few months. But they're, but they're great. Yeah, it's, they're just great. I was going to say, we'll definitely include a photo of the current window display in the podcast show notes uh, when this is live. So definitely look to our website for that. Uh, but that's great to hear that it's spring themed too, because we do have um, Andersonville and Bloom happening in April. So it's a great opportunity to walk around the neighborhood and check out what everybody's kind of doing to their windows to welcome spring. So definitely visionary is among that. Good, good timing. So is there an experience tomorrow that you can tell us about a memorable client or patient? Uh, This can be good or bad. You can speak in generalizations or if you have a specific story in mind that you can share. You know, yeah, there's so many over the years. I would probably speak to one of the most significant things that I get so much joy from is from our previous patients that have moved away, that have moved out of the community and out of the city. Uh, We have quite a number of long distance visionary patients. And those are the people that have moved to the East Coast or West Coast that still has business or family in Chicago land. And 
they schedule, we've noticed, and we've had many conversations, they schedule their eye care around their visits annually. And I don't know about many places or businesses, but that gives me so much joy and makes me so incredibly proud that they feel that our services is something that they want to continue with even from a thousand miles away. And I have a, we have a number of patients that we work with in that capacity. So the patients that have transitioned onto a different community in life and work that still find value in returning to visionary is probably one of the most rewarding things from my professional career. It says a lot about what we offer and what we do and that they find such value in it that they agree to return to us. So that's probably the most memorable, one of the most memorable things I can think of about being in business and being in with visionary over the years is that our return uh, patient base. That's so cool to hear. And I mean, if you could let anybody know, or people who are thinking they might need an eye appointment coming soon, first time eye appointment, can you give your, or your maybe potential future customers an idea of what a first time appointment would look like? Sure. Uh, so basically, we have a system set in place where we have patient care coordinators that facilitate your care with Visionary. So once you call into the uh, to make an appointment or you're referred to by someone to make the appointment, our, person, our patient care coordinators, they uh, will communicate with the patient, they contact them, they set them up as a patient through our electronic medical records uh, portal, uh, and then communication is done through this portal. You have all of the information about who we are, what to expect at your first visit. Uh, it gives you information on how to set up your patient profile. And then the patient care coordinators, they answer any questions about insurance, uh, about previous prescriptions, and they commute, they build your file, communicate with you, send out the COVID protocol. Once that is all situated in the system and you have a profile set up, you'll then con you're then contacted, you know, via email and text message, whichever you prefer uh, as a reminder. And then if you have very specific needs, if you want to work with a specific optician, uh, myself or one of our other opticians, you're able to then set up an appointment with the optician as well as with the optometrist for your eye exam. That's something that's probably a little unique to our practice. We try to schedule out enough time to fulfill the need of the patient. If we know that someone's coming in and they just want an exam with contacts or they wanna check if they have dry eye, we build the time and the schedule according to the patient need as opposed to uh, a person says, I just want an eye exam, um, and you get 20 minutes to do everything, right? So we, we try to manage the time that you're in office with the appropriate people. If you need to have just your routine vision checked and you don't need any extra time working, uh, trying to find, working, picking out glasses with an optician, then we just schedule you for that time. If you want time to pick out glasses, we schedule you for two appointments essentially. Um, if you need, uh, if you have uh, dry eye therapy or LASIK questions, then we make sure that the time is allotted for that service so that we can minimize you having to come back and forth to the office. Uh, once you are a patient and you come into the practice, 
You're greeted by one of our greeters right now. It's a, a young lady, Jillian. Uh, she's wonderful. Uh, she will bring you into the office, take your temperature, do all of the things that we have set up for our protocol. And you're then walked over to the medical side if it's a medical appointment or you, if it's an optician reappointment, you sit with one of our opticians. Um, the way our examinations work and our practice works is that we're very medically focused. So, and we actually partner with Illinois College of Optometry. We're a teaching facility. So we have uh, interns on, uh, on rotation with us every 12 weeks. So once you come in, you start with your interns. They are able to kind of get the exam going, their training, and then the, optician, the optometrist will come in and complete the examination and the health checkup. Uh, we try to hold your hand and make it as easy as possible and as, as efficient as possible. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much the process. Uh, and like I said, it is, we try to gear your time in office with the services that you require as opposed to you have 30 minutes to get it all done and we're trying to get you out of the door. And do you have any telltale signs that uh, folks should be looking for that kind of indicate that it might be time to go back and get some eye help? Yeah. <laughs> for example, I was just noticing my, my right eye sometimes starts twitching, which I know is from a lot of screen time. Mm -hmm. So anything else folks should be looking out for? Definitely, you know, that's an interesting question. I think uh, the American Medical Association, the Dental Association of America, American Optometric Association, they all focus and have different recommendations for, for general care. I think most industries do a very good job uh, with explain to the, to the community and to people at large is that you should go to every six months to have your teeth cleaned. You should go every year to have a physical. Those types of uh, schedules for eye health is very similar, but most people don't really consider eye health as it's something that you need to check annually. They think, oh, maybe when I have a problem. The short answer is that you should go annually to have the health of your eyes checked. And people say, well, I don't wear glasses. Why do I need to have my eyes checked every year? People don't realize is that many diseases that are not even associated with the eye are first detectable through an eye exam. They're detectable through your eye. We can see so much about your general health through an eye exam. That's why we have these, this equipment. It's like, for lack of a better term and not to bore your listeners, they're like giant magnifiers that see through your eyes into you know, the back of your retina into your brain and all of these things. So what do you want to do to remain as healthy as possible? You want to have as much preventative care as possible and eye care and eye exams and annual eye exam is the first line of defense in that process. So I would say for everyone, go once a year just to check the health of your eye, regardless of if you have a prescription or not. The other things to look for are things such as sudden changes in your vision. You see fine one day and all of a sudden you have a floater that you've never noticed before. Floaters are normal, but when you see like an inordinate number of floaters or flashes in your vision, or I can see clearly one day, the next day it's blurry. Any pain or redness or swelling or itchiness, discomfort, scratchiness, those are all situations that require an optometrist to look at the eye to see what's going on. Uh, if you wear contact lenses, you should be seen every year because you need to make sure that the eye is still healthy. 
uh, that's kind of a big one right now. A lot of people say, well, I just wear contacts and you know, I just order them as I need them. That's even more reason why you should be seen annually. If you wear a contact lenses, it's important that your eyes are checked for the health every year. Um, there's uh, many, many other situations uh, that, that require that, not just, uh, just to check the prescription, the prescription, but you know, ultimately that is what we do. We do wanna make sure that you're seeing well. You know, if you could see something and you see, okay, wouldn't you want to see better? You know, so uh, it's it's something that I think uh, as an industry, we need to be better about that messaging and making sure that people know that this is an essential service that you need to be taking a part of. You should be going every year to check the health of your eye, making sure that there's nothing else going on and that there's no problems for long term. Well, you've certainly convinced me because I know I'm a few years overdue. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> and it's time. So, and I think some sometimes the barrier for folks too is maybe their job doesn't cover health, you know, eye ins visionary insurance. Yes. But for those of us who do have a vision insurance, I think, as you said, uh, it's definitely something that is important to work into our regular care schedule. Yes, so right. noted, yes. you should be seeing me soon. <laughs> <laughs> Good, yes. <laughs> so moving on, what are some of the most important things or important thing um, you've learned from your beginnings as an apprentice to now being a partner at Visionary? That's a good question. Um, empathy. I think that uh, when you work in service and we work in service, I, I, a lot of people, they have uh, issues. I don't care if you're a doctor, a medical doctor, an MD, an optometrist, a dentist, an optician. Most people that work in healthcare, we are in service. And understanding the importance of empathy in patient care is probably the most important thing. Uh, most times when people have a disagreement or a problem when they're coming to see you, they may the issue may be have very little to do or their reaction to their issue may have very little to do with how they feel about the issue. And a lot of times it's how they feel and or what's going on in their lives. And they just happen to be in front of you and they need care. And as a person in service, it's important to know that I need to be able to empathize with this person's situation so that I can provide them and communicate with them in a manner that they need to get to the result. And a lot of people, I think, overlook that. Uh, and we're as a working as an eye care professional, we have a very intimate and unique perspective when it comes to uh, patient care and empathy. Most people, as I mentioned before, they don't understand the importance of annual care, annual eye care. But if you think about it, it's probably one of the most important things in your life is your sight. Right. And a lot of us, we don't think about how when our side is affected, it's going to affect us emotionally and working as an eye care professional. I am very aware that when someone has some, a little disruption in their vision or in their eye health, it creates it, that problem supersedes everything almost in their lives. And but the patient has difficulty reconciling this because most people don't think, don't spend that much time thinking about their eye care, thinking about their optical needs until it becomes urgent. And when it becomes urgent, 
that is the most important thing. A lot of times people, they become irrational about expectations and, oh my gosh, I can see fine, now I can't. Fix me, what can I do? Why is this the problem? And as an eye care professional, we are tasked with being very patient. You have to be very empathetic, very patient to recognize the difficulty that the patient is experiencing, especially since most people don't ever deal with that type of disruption in their life. So I think empathy is something, and patience is something that I've learned is an absolute essential to be a successful eye care professional. Thank you for that. That was a really great answer. So we like to kind of wrap our episodes, Jamar, with a fun rapid fire session where we throw some questions at you um, that you kind of just off the top of your head, you can give us an answer. um, What comes to mind first? So the first one is, do you have a favorite brand of eyewear? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's tough. I have a few for different reasons, right? That's, that's, that's kind of a difficult question because there's different collections that address different aesthetics, right? So if I want something that is very avant-garde, different and uh, super modern, I like Blake Kuahara. His collection is amazing. He's an optometrist uh, by profession and trade that turned eyewear designer and his collections, his collection is just outstanding. Um, I'm a really big fan of Anna Valentin. I'm wearing Anna Valentin right now. It's it's a lovely collection, French company. Um, they're great. Lafont Eyewear, which is one of our longstanding partners, is and a lot of people uh, they have heard of Lafont. Uh, they're just wonderful people. It's a family-owned business going back 30 years or more, uh, and the styling is 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 fantastic colors. Um, and then I would say uh, two others, so I, more than one, two others, but all of these collections, they uh, hit a certain aesthetic, which is why it's hard for me to choose one. Um, one, uh, a newer one that we've been working with is called Hoffman and Niemeister. Uh, it's a mouthful, uh, Hoffman's and Niemeister, I'm sorry, um, but it is absolutely beautiful, very thin, light stainless steel, uh, classic collection. And something that the last collection that is not very well known, but it is very beautiful, it's called Rolf. Uh, it's a collection out of Austria that's all handmade of wood uh, and wooden hinges. They've won design awards. Uh, it's not something that someone you just normally would just buy. It is, it is fairly costly for this collection, but it's one of those pieces that you buy and then you have forever, right? It's one of those things that you wear to very formal or something very, you know, special, special occasion. So those are five, I think, but yes, but I do have, I do have some favorites seasonally. How many glasses do you have right now? Or like roughly have you had? I feel like that's probably even worse to ask. In my lifetime, in my lifetime, this is going to sound very wasteful, but in my lifetime, I probably had over a hundred pair. Um, (laughs) But I, I, at any given time, I probably rotate through about five to seven on a regular basis. Uh, And then I also donate uh, glasses after a few seasons or a few years, things that I don't want to keep forever. I donate them to Lions Club or to a different organization. Bosch uh, is an organization that we work with. It's a volunteer uh, organization that we partner with. So uh, we do recycle. And anyone that's listening, if you do have old eyewear, please make sure you donate it. There are many people that will always be in need of glasses. 
but yes, I try to cycle. I try to keep between five to seven pair that I wear on a regular basis. That's amazing. Um, I mean, there's different needs and that's, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, you know, you may need something specifically for if you're an artist, you know, you may need yeah. something if you're, we're all on computers all day. Having a prescription pair of glasses that gives you your, your computer distance only is a lot less disruptive than having to switch off between glasses, you know. So I, I think most people that wear glasses should consider having multiple pair because you have multiple needs in your life. So, uh, you know, I, but I probably have more than what's needed, but, um, but I usually keep about seven, five to seven pair. That is amazing and also very good advice. When I, I used to wear glasses and I wish I knew that because I got very sick of them very quickly. Um, <laughs> other than maybe collecting glasses or looking into people's eyes, <laughs> what do you like to do in your spare time? Uh, I'm an avid gardener. Uh, I love to get my hands dirty, to get the dirt. Um, I grow, I'm, I'm growing a vegetable garden. I have the last year or two, um, but I've also gotten into growing tropicals. So um, I have a neighbor that had a bunch of uh, canna lilies, rhizomes that she gave me. And now I'm kind of obsessed with tropical plants. So my house is filled with uh, canna lilies and majesty palms and bromeliads and things like that. So I'm a gardener. I love to garden. Um, that's probably one of my favorite pastimes. Uh, I, I do like to fish and cycle. I like being outdoors. So final question. Yes. Do you have a favorite or a couple of favorite spots you like to frequent in Andersonville? Oh, yeah. So Jinju is probably my hands down favorite restaurant in the community, though we have very many in the neighborhood. Uh, I, I just love those guys. We've uh, worked with them for many, many years. We've had events. Uh, for our practice at, in their space. And their food is awesome. The food is amazing. The service is great. So I do uh, frequent Jinju quite a bit um, at, for a restaurant service. Um, I probably would say, um, gosh, there's Colectivo uh, Coffee and La Colombe both. I like, I'm a coffee drinker. I'm kind of coffee obsessed. And I like them both for different reasons. Um, and um, I mean, there's just a lot of great, great restaurants, shops and, and places to, to experience in Andersonville. Anyone that is unfamiliar with the community, you know, I would say just take an afternoon and just stroll the streets and Gethsemane Gardens being a gardener, obviously, you know, is one of my favorite places. I love going in and just walking around. So uh, yeah, those are, those are some places that I love. And it, that gives you kind of almost bookends of the community. It's a little bit wider, but uh, I, I'm really partial to those places. And Jamar, where can folks find or connect with Visionary Andersonville on the social networks and interwebs? <laughs> on the interwebs, uh, our, our website is visionaryec.com. That's visionaryec as an icare.com. If you have a question, you can always email us info at visionaryec.com. Or if someone has a question, a specific question, or just want to talk, they can email me directly. And my email is jamar at visionaryec.com. Uh, we also are on Facebook and Instagram. You just search for Visionary Eye Care and we will pop up in most platforms. Thank you, Jamar, for joining us today. And thank you for listening to Always Andersonville, the podcast. For more information about Visionary Eye Care, visit them on their Facebook, Instagram, or contact them through their website. Show notes on today's episode can be found at andersonville.org.
Always Andersonville, the podcast, is produced by the Andersonville Chamber of Commerce and currently recorded via Zoom. We thank you for your listenership, and if you like the podcast, please subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting platform. We are also actively looking for podcast sponsors to sustain our production. Please email us at info at andersonville.org for more information. Thank you for your continued support, for staying active in our community, and for staying always Andersonville.